You're listening to Tech Talks, the TV industry podcast from Broadcast Tech Magazine. My name is Jake Bickerton and I'm the editor of Broadcast Sport and Broadcast Tech Magazines. This episode of Broadcast Tech Talks is with Greg Rochford, IT manager at Little Dot Studios, and Michael Clayton, sales account manager at Base Media Cloud. Little Dot Studios is a social media video distribution platform, as well as a full production company. Base is a multi-cloud service provider that creates tailored cloud solutions for media companies. Little Dot and Base began working together five years ago to transition Little Dot into the cloud, which has since paid dividends during lockdown, with everyone able to seamlessly work from any location. Little Dot has 1.4 petabytes of data in the cloud on accelerated secure cloud storage. An iconic man plugs into this cloud storage and new content automatically gets scanned in, transcoded and made into proxies ready for editors to work on. This setup is discussed during this podcast, as well as why Little Dot still needs a London office, despite all its staff being able to work remotely. The transition to the cloud, having your assets easily available and obviously secure and having a MAM system that means you can kind of get to stuff really quickly and easily. Are you kind of reaping the benefits now of your company being quite an early adopter? You know what? It was actually incredibly fortunate and I can't take any credit for the <laughs> early development of it. It was absolutely nothing to do with me, I'm afraid. But yeah, so we, and Iconic was something that they'd invested in, but hadn't really been used because we had super fast broadband and a big storage on site. So when it came to March and, and people <laughs> were starting to think about going home, we were really lucky that we could say, oh, and here's your Iconic login. Here's every single file that uh, Little Dot have ever looked after that's available to you, you know, through security permissions and all that kind of stuff. Go home and get on with the job. We sent 160, 70 people home, got propped up at home, logged into Iconic. And yeah, as far as I could tell, you know, maybe a week of rocky roads and people really understanding their own uh, personal network connectivity isn't quite the same as uncontested business gigabit fiber. I, I had very few support tickets through that were saying, I can't do this or this is broken. It, it literally felt like they were just getting on with their day-to-day business. We really haven't heard much in the way of like technical difficulties from anybody. So if you hadn't had that system already in place, it sounds like it would have been a little bit more of a challenge or mm-hmm. saved you a lot of headache. Oh my God, so much headache. And it sort of, it kind of made IT look a bit rock starry that mm. we could just literally just pick up and go. I think I was the last one out of the office on the Thursday, just setting up remote terminals and, you know, making sure that I could get into the office, even if, you know, no one else could. We set up, a, I think, probably about 12 computers in the office that we had permanent access into. Yeah. And I think I probably had to pop into the building like maybe three or four times as well, just to, mm. you know, reboot something. Or Yeah, you'd think with what you've just described, with everyone having the ability to get their files from wherever they are in the country they're working from home or whatever. Why do you need to have an expensive <laughs> London office now? Growth is almost exponential at Little Dot and they needed a bigger space uh, and somewhere that people could actually breathe and, you know, <laughs> get on with their work. So I think it's the right thing for them to do. What we've built here is essentially a beautiful office with loads of space for creative people to get on with what they need to do. Yeah. And we've jam-packed it full of technology that's been designed to be as seamless as possible for people within the building so mm. everything's contactless everything's wireless like everything is tidy and clean and <laughs> you know we moved from smaller tvs into full 4k you know video conferencing 
with the ability to display signage across the whole building, various YouTube channels or anything you want. So that essentially if we have a client that comes into the building, they see Little Dot as a technology focused business. The idea is that it's going to, you know, people are going to be really impressed by that when they walk in. You know, we do a serious amount of data transfer. We've got to look like a business that understands that. The team does, and then we just need to make the building look like it as well. So I guess what the difference will maybe be compared to pre-pandemic is maybe people have the flexibility to come in and use that amazing space, use the client meetings and all that kind of stuff. But also if they want, they could then have that option to work at home sometimes if they want to and have that sort of seamless as well. Yeah, so we're using Cisco Spark Kits across the whole building, finest video conferencing equipment on the planet. Some teams will come in. Some teams will want to work from home, but they all want to collaborate together. We make it as seamless as possible to just start a meeting. And the cameras are so good and the audio quality is so good. It's like you're in the room with your team anyway. You can be in the office, you can be in Tokyo. It doesn't matter. You're going to feel like you're in this office and it's going to work. Michael, going back to this whole setup with Little Dot Studios, how did Base kind of create that system that sounds like it's opened up lots of possibilities? It's adapted over the time. As the years have gone and they plugged on, they've, they've adopted some more solutions. And it's the same with a lot of, a lot of base customers. They might, they might start small. Storage and file transfer seems to be the sort of bread and butter at the minute yeah. of base. Um, and then they sort of realize, they get comfortable with the cloud, they realize the benefits, and they start to plug in more of these, these different applications. So with Little Dot, it, it, it's grown as the company's grown. And when we first started, uh, there wasn't really many technical personnel on site. So as the, the cloud provider, we sort of helped in and chipped in as much as we could to try and you know, figure out where the pain points were and, and set up the tools. Um, and since Greg's been in, he's sort of come in, he's seen what we've been offering, what, what, how everything works, and he's sort of trying to fine tune and tweak everything, make it a little yeah. more seamless, and then also see where we can expand together and how we can just make things easier to the end user. Basically, it's really hard to provide a solution that was as cost effective as possible to answer the questions that came from Little Dot and to provide the tools that they wanted. While using it exclusively, it became apparent that whilst it was possibly cost effective, it needed to be better and streamlined. Then it became apparent that the computing power that we had in the cloud wasn't really, you know, good enough as it were it was okay it, did, it certainly did the job at a smaller scale but it needed to be better base really quickly turned around and took all the cluster of different services and moved it i think into one pub one giant public cloud platform which meant that we were no longer sort of relying on two services to try to interact with each other they designed us some beefy vms in the cloud that we could, and then they've introduced this lucid link now which is like nas storage in the cloud which lets you you know access your s3 storage like it's just another drive on your computer we're potentially looking at having unlimited cloud storage as native drive space on the computer which would just be madness we have two content delivery specialists now that are able to ingest files qc them on the fly all all in the cloud uh, move them into the transcoding folders and then spit them out into iconic so that literally you know a client can deliver something and six hours later it's already ready for our team to pick it up and start editing with it this all stemmed from a conversation i think you know during lockdown i was like how can we make this better how can we make it faster how can we make it slicker there was a preconception a few years ago certainly with companies that the cloud was just not as secure as having your data on-prem that you could look after and it kind of felt like you had a physical thing there but i'd say certainly in the last two or three years it seems to have got to the point where security concerns are not only gone away, but actually people see the cloud as, as more secure even. 
I think you're you're right, Jake. I think the perception of cloud and security has always been some people are like, oh, well, I don't actually know where my data's going, and I, I like to be able to have it on a hard drive or physically see it. I think over the years, everything's sort of settled into it now, but cloud storage is everywhere, and, and people I feel a lot safer. The main bulk of base is built on IBM cloud, and everything's encrypted. The main security uh, weakness, I'd say, is human error. And, you know, people giving up passwords, sending passwords on emails and things like that. I think companies have a, have a duty to train their staff on this sort of stuff and make sure people are aware of the procedures. I think once you've trained your staff and you've got them into a, a workflow, you've got multi-fenter factor data, things like that stuff, I think you're in a really, really good position. Exactly like Michael says, it all comes down to human error. So what we've got to do from an IT perspective is secure them without them feeling like they're being in some sort of really strict regime. It's got to become seamless to them. Give them multi-factor authentication and then use that across all of your SaaS platforms. Try to leave as many servers in the cloud as you can. That means that your entire technical development team is outsourced to another company, essentially. And never using like, you know, password one. (laughs) You wouldn't believe it. It still happens. Just about educating the the user rather than whether it's cloud or on prem or whatever. Michael, are you finding that generally speaking, companies that are looking to move to the cloud are willing to sort of make that transition without being overly concerned about people bashing the cloud for security issues? I think the times are changing. I think, you know, 10 years ago, if you'd uh, looked at a lot of media companies, a small percentage of them might have had cloud workflows. I think COVID's obviously give it a bit of a push because of, you know, having to remote work and get things fast. My advice for any company thinking about moving to the cloud would be to, you know, find out, think about what your pain points are you currently have, get in touch with a cloud provider. And, and like I said earlier, just start off small and maybe even just with some storage and disaster recovery, maybe a syncing agent to back up your local network, just things that make you sleep better at night sometimes. And, and then, yeah, build, build from there. So that would be, be my advice. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider rating it. Subscribe now and I'll see you again next time.